0: love
1: talk
0: radio
2: Our show and I'm Beverly and we have Eddie Rodriguez with us and we're triving the King of Latin music. Tito Pentaz, well how are you doing this evening, Eddie Rodriguez?
3: Oh well, thank you very much for inviting me back, Beverly. I'm doing mighty fine. I'm I'm here on an island, the jewel of the Caribbean coming to your live. So if you, you hear any dogs barking in the background or some music, uh It's because uh, we're live, unscripted, a public service program to educate and entertain. And tonight we are, um, this is the seventh episode of the tribute to the king of Latin music, the late, great, and maestro Tito Puente. And may he rest in peace.
2: Yes. So um, we have a hand raised already
3: well, that's great. Well let's let's see what they have to say.
2: <laughs> okay. Seven oh six. Is this Kwame?
4: Yes, Bev. And I, I and greetings to my brother. He must be down there in the Jewel in Puerto Rico. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And 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 my daughter I... Went there for my daughter's wedding, and it was fabulous that we did out on the beach at, at sunset. And I've got a friend there that where the river comes out of Puerto Rico into the ocean, they live over there by that river. And it's some beautiful country. So, but what I was calling about is because tomorrow is the 98th, would have been the 98th solar return for El Haj Malik Shabazz, known as Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And the thing that a lot of people probably didn't know that he had a, a, a relationship with Puerto Rico, Cuba, and Mexicans, and he interacted in the struggles for their their migration right. I mean their their rights and the different struggles, and so and even and coming to find out too that his mother. Who was born in Grenada Spoke fluent Spanish But she also wrote For Latino papers and I she didn't know that. A long, Yeah she did For Garvey I'll send uh, 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 Bev the, the, It's on Exico And it talks about his relationship with, uh, with Latinos And the part That we have to understand This struggle was more than just you know One color it was a struggle for people, third world countries that were struggling for freedom, and so the connection with uh, the Puerto Ricans and the Cubans, and even the part of the the mixing, and and that's the part that we don't understand. You know, Puerto Rico was Tino, and when they brought in the Africans and and created the mixing, this is where part of the the Kungas came in from the drums coming that were brought in and were used in ceremonies there and in Hispaniola and so what we have to do is we have to know what we stand on and that music is 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 the essence of the culture but it's a combination of the cultures and so and I thank you for you know bringing forth the information that we can understand that we're all one in this struggle called life for human for human rights.
3: Well,
4: I, I think you're, you're,
3: you're absolutely right. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, one of the things that Pito uh, Puente, may he rest in peace, was always very much aware of that uh, the drums, you know, was what brought out the dancing in people, you know. To Puente was a composer, arranger, songwriter. He graduated from, a, you know, the, the Juilliard School of Music in New York. I mean, came out of the military and went to college and studied theory, music theory. He knew how to arrange and came from that jazz world of his first kids. What was the greatest Afro-Cuban orchestra that was performed in New York? Machito Chito Orchestra and the Afro-Cuban. And he said, and so um, that was right before he went into the Navy and he got drafted. But he was working as a young man, as a teenager, for Machito, for, uh Marquita, Rio, and may he rest in peace, and Mario Bausa, who was a, a director, may he rest in peace. So, you know, not only a musician, not only a creator. I was with Tito Puente in the 90s. The next set coming up is uh, is very interesting. Uh, because He wanted to arrange music. Um, for the Count Basie Orchestra, he didn't use his own band as like a The orchestra, he made, he cre, he wrote arrangements of some standards, um, a jazz standards for a vocalist, and the vocalist, you know, to sing in English, and that vocalist was a, a young artist by the name of La India. Today, you know. 30 years, well, 93, 94, uh, you know, 30 years later, she's still out there, you know, she's working and she's she's doing her thing, and, um, you know, but this was something she did. She she does her thing in the salsa music, the tropical dance salsa music world, like Mark Anthony and and some of these other great artists that people know today uh, that are worldwide uh, artists, you know, they're A-best artists. And Mark Anthony will fill up a stadium anywhere in the world now. But you have groups like a Gran Combo, Sonora Ponceña, Willie Rosario, others from Puerto Rico that have not, you know, they tour the world, especially a Gran Combo. So we have a very creative uh, energy happening here in Puerto Rico, and Pico um, Puente always gave uh, tribute to his Puerto Rican roots. even though he was born in in Spanish Harlem. So uh, what we do is uh, we're going to talk some more about some of these struggles. There was a a Harvard Law student that um, that was uh, someone here in Puerto Rico in the 1920s, and that was fighting uh, for protesting for the rights of of the Puerto Ricans that were Being governed by a military government, you know the U.S. had a general as the governor back then, and there was a lot of discrimination and
5: there's a lot of things
3: that they didn't want people to to protest to to uh, to uh, be against what they wanted to create here in Puerto Rico. His name was Pedro Albizu Campos, and one of you know one of the shows Beverly will dedicate to, to him. But right now we're dedicating our time to the greatest Latin musician that ever existed on this planet by the name of Ernest Anthony Tito Fuente, born April 20th, 1923, and left us on May 31st, 2000. And I had the honor of knowing him and working with him, and there's a lot of other people. Friends that I have that uh, that are listening tonight, uh, like um, Malfaniagua, and someone that was close to him, his brother, spiritual brother, Frankie Hollywood, who's also a listener, and I'd like to give him a shout out. But now, let's get into some Tito Puente from his album Jazzin, J A Z Z I N. Tito Puente and the Count Basie Orchestra
2: with La India on these vocals. Thank you, caller. All right, we're gonna get back to the music. Tito with Eddie Rodriguez. Eddie? Yes, Beverly.
3: What a set! I mean, did you feel it?
2: Yes. Now, now, um, I've heard uh, him saying with uh, play with Miss um, Cruz and Lo Lopez, and this is her name is India. This this person, this entertainer here. Yes, the, uh,
3: the first. The opening set, were, his lead singer was a gentleman, may he rest in peace, by the name of Santos Colon. Those were the first four uh, uh, songs, uh, compositions on this uh, the opening set. This uh, set was with a great artist by the name of La India. Um, yes, he had performed. We played music, Tito uh, Puente and Cedric Cruz. We played... Um, the, the Tito Puente Latin Jazz Ensemble. but And we played, we played uh, Tito Puente with Vicentico Valdez uh, and Tito Puente with La Lupe. You know, Tito Puente was always on the lookout um, for these great lead singers. Um, and um, all of the ones that I've mentioned have gone on to become superstars during their time. A lot of them are gone. Um, but uh, La India is still with her, so she's alive and well. She's out there performing. And this last set was from an album called Jazzin' that did not get the promotional and um, marketing dollars to, to make it something that was um, popular, you know, especially on jazz radio stations in the U.S. and mm-hmm. around the world. So, you know, this is uh, one of the hidden treasures. If it wasn't that long ago. It was in the, in the 90s that he produced uh, that recording with uh, uh, arrangements for the Count Basie Orchestra. Um, Hilton Ruiz was on piano on, on a lot of those um, compositions that we just heard. And uh, Dave Valentin was on uh, the late great uh, Dave Valentin and and Hilton Ruiz made it both S C P So uh, Tito used to... Um, you know, be on the lookout. There, there was something interesting uh, that I have to say. His last uh, concert was here on the island of Puerto Rico at the Performing Arts Center uh, by the name of Bellas Artes in San Turce, in San Juan. And the night that uh, we left uh, from the Bellas Artes to the hospital to get him checked out because he wasn't
4: feeling well, uh,
3: he told me something something that was quite interesting he said that this symphony orchestra from puerto rico was the best symphony orchestra that he had ever performed with because during the 90s i remember when he did that he did arrangements for a symphony orchestra to accompany the tito puente latin jazz ensemble and he was already performing you know uh, you know the Dallas Chicago, a lot of symphony orchestras were were interested in this show. And the last show he did was with uh, the the, the Sinfonica de Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rico Symphony Orchestra. And um, so that's what he wanted to do, you know, going forward. And um, we were already looking at shows two years away before his untimely passing. So... um, you know, Guido was already advanced in a lot of ways, you know, and he used to get he got into Boogaloo when Boogaloo was around. He got into Bachanga when he was around. But the big hit was Latin jazz. Because that was his heart. He grew up in the twenties with the big bands and jazz sound of Harlem. Him growing up in Spanish Harlem and um and then as a teenager being involved with uh, Mario Bausa and Machito. Um so, you know, he's he was a very unique individual, very humble, um, very approachable. Um, he would talk to me and talk to you and talk to the guy who's selling hot dogs or talk to General Colin Powell the same exact way. No different what he was himself and um uh, you know, I was blessed to have spent time with him, got to know him and and do the show tonight with you. Thanks for inviting me to celebrate uh, you know, his music and his part of his life, uh, you know, and his you know, what I know and my times with Tito Puente. But um I I'd like you to ask some questions about um, you know, Tito Puente, and anything that comes to mind and because he has a lot of music. Uh, toward the end of the show, uh, just a finale, we're going to have some interviews. If we go one was was the Conan O'Brien. It was on the Conan O'Brien show, and uh, he performed on the Conan O'Brien show, and then he had a short interview. And then there's another interview that he had. And he talks about music, and it's very interesting. So, stay tuned for that. Well, right now, we have some Latin jazz, and
2: so uh, Beverly,
3: mm-hmm. are you ready?
2: All righty, here we go. Like uh, Tito music, uh, you could really hear that African drums and the the African, and the, he mixed both of the African and the Latin together.
3: Well, you know that we're, we're celebrating the musical genius uh, of Tito Puente tonight. Um, thank you for inviting me uh, to your program, Truth to Power. Uh, every Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. on Block Talk Radio. Um, I'm really honored, and um, it, it's been a pleasure uh, curating your your show with the music of the late great King of Latin music, Tito Puente.
2: And you know, I was uh, reading about him too, and I was looking at the the day he made his transition when he left this dimension and went into another dimension. And I was looking at the time that he left, and he left at 227. And so that adds up to an 11. and 11 is a master number, and also it's a gateway. And so, you know, when you put those 11, those two ones together, it's like a doorway. So if he left, you know, you could tell he was really connected because, you know, he left on a master number leaving one dimension going to another dimension and also it was on the day of June the 1st and so June the 1st added up adds up to a 9 and a 9 represents completion and so i mean when all the numbers don't lie so this really showed how connected that uh, he really was and and he completed his journey and he left on the master number of 11
3: Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm, that's very, very interesting because um, there is a lot of work that he wanted to continue to do um, when he left. But uh, he gave me instructions, you know, what to do mm-hmm. um, when I went to visit him in the hospital. Um, he told me um, uh, he wanted me to keep the band working because I was, I was working as, as manager. Uh, Ralph Mercado, may he rest in peace, uh, was his manager for many, many years. And then Jack Hook, who also uh, passed away, may he rest in peace, was his manager because Ralph started a record label and was very busy with that. So Jack took over, and then Jack passed away. And I called Tito to give him my condolences, to express my condolences. And he said that he was going to need somebody. Uh, at the office, that's what he said. <laughs> Eddie, I'm going to need somebody at the office. I say, well, Tito, um, you, know, um, you know, those uh, those those are pretty big shoes to fill. And he said, but you can do it. You know, you can do it. I said, um, okay. Um, what do you want me to do? He said, talk to Ralph, clear it through him, and then. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get it all straightened out. And I said, when do you want me to start? He said, right away.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I, I spoke to Ralph, and we had a written contract. Uh, I was going to get a percentage of the management fees, and uh, I started going on the road and doing things for Tito, and um, that was in uh, 99. And so um, my uh, management days with him were short-lived, but I knew Tito from my days in San Francisco in 1979, and I was always in touch with him every year. You know, he was on tour in the West Coast, and I brought him out to the West Coast uh, to do some gigs uh, as well. And, um, knew, you know, I got to know him, and uh, he was an incredible human being. I'm telling you, you know, he put together the Golden Men of Latin Jazz. He got the best Latin um, Jazz players in New York City, and uh, put a group together called uh, Tito Puente and the Golden Latin Jazz All star And you know that was his idea, his idea to put you know the you know, arrangement for the Count Basie Orchestra for for, uh, for an album. His idea to to do symphonic work, which is which was very spiritual, very glorious, very huge. I mean the sound was incredible you know the, the, the arrangements of pito puente music for a symphony orchestra i mean something that was out of this world and um like i said you know there's uh the, the creative side of pito puente uh, you know always looking for the to do something different um he, he used to tell he had a uh once we were at the um at the office of the mayor of hollywood who is the person that decides, or that committee decides, who's going to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? And I was in Hollywood with uh, with Tito once on a press tour, and he wanted to see the star that they had placed for Celia Cruz. And we walked in, we you know saw the star. And he said, Hey Eddie, how do I get a star here? <laughs> I said, well, we got to talk to the mayor of Hollywood, and he said, you
1: know, and then they
3: have to, you know, decide if you're going to get a shot. He said, okay. He said, where's the mayor of Hollywood? I said, he's over there in that hotel right there, on Hollywood Boulevard. He said, okay, let's go over there. So we went over there, <laughs> and uh, I introduced everyone to Tito, you know, and I told them, you know, what I was there, when, when they gave me a form to fill out. To fill out. So I start filling out the form, you know, Tito's name, his accomplishments, all kinds of stuff, and I'm asking, you know, Tito questions every once in a while. Things I knew I wrote down, things I didn't I, I, um I, I would ask him. And one of them was, how many albums did you record? Tell me back then it was uh, wow, over 100 albums, you know. We had already done his 100th LP, so um, you're coming live from Puerto Rico, sir. Do you hear any background cause good music? That's this program is a public service on an iPhone on the island of Puerto Rico, coming to you uh, unedited. And uh, so, if you hear background uh, interference, it's because we're live.
2: That's uh, okay. That's action. the best way to be alive.
3: It's <laughs> alive. So uh, I was asking pedo questions uh, intermittently. here. He would ask that, and, I and then at one point he said, "Eddie, you know, I wish my grandmother were, were alive." And you know, I said, oh, I, "I didn't, you know, I just let heard him say that to me." And I said, "What makes you think about that now, right? You know, what makes you think about that right now?" And he said, "So she could tell everybody how great I am, and I wouldn't have to do it myself." <laughs> so
4: you know, is it, it, like
3: he was making a comment about grandmothers who talk about how great their kids are and how great their grandkids are. You know, they can do no wrong and they're like the best in the world. So he related that to, to that moment because um they were asking him about all his accomplishments and he did finally get a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and uh it's in a great spot
2: and uh, I was I was happy to
3: be part of that the the initiation of that um that mission that he wanted to and- accomplish uh,
2: And didn't he get a a key, the key to the city too? I was reading where he got the key to the city. Uh, I think it was in in New York. There, New York and L.A.
3: I mean, we did all kinds of
2: stuff with Tito.
3: Tito, there was I I used to have to uh, call Tito every every day at eight o'clock in the morning, and if contracts came in. Um, I would have to fax them to him, so he can see them and sign them, and you know that's how we did our work. That's how we worked together. And um, I would get a lot of requests. I got a lot of requests, you know, for him to be in a parade, or for him to be man of honor. Yeah. And he told me once, he said, "Eddie,
1: hey,
3: you know, what when is the day going to come that I have to stop promoting?" I, I I can stop promoting myself. <laughs> he said, because these people want me there on promotion. They want to, he said, but, you know, I, I don't have time for that right now. You know, i was working on some projects, a, a symphonic project. But, yeah, it's not, no, there was uh, every day. I mean, I got calls every single day. that. I mean, I, could, I mean, even after when he passed, I got, you know, the day after that, I was bombarded the days. With calls, and then all of a sudden, the phone went silent. Mm. So kinda... I, I experienced what it is to 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 work with someone that is uh, is famous. And uh, once he passes, you know that's it. You know I didn't get any calls anymore from anybody. Um, and um, I had to reinvent myself to do something else, and I did. But uh, he had a lot of confidence in me, and I'm very grateful for him uh, co-signing for me as a as a professional in the music industry. I was blessed to, to know him and Celia. And I owe all of this to a gentleman by the name of Ralph Mercado. May he rest in peace, uh, who I knew for 30 years and uh, who had a lot of trust in me and confidence and we did a lot of great things together, and uh, I was blessed to know him. But well, um, you know, getting to Tito. Tito used to record two albums a year, and featurings He didn't even know how many featurings you know, he had. He had. He had to his credit. Um, but the last count was 125, and then recently I just heard that it probably picked up the R C A album so nobody knew about when Elvis Presby was introducing a uh, Oye Como uh Como on, on R C A records, um uh, Pito Puente. Uh so now I say it's about thirty uh hundred and thirty eight, I think. So uh he passed you know, he always used to say he beat Frank Sinatra in recordings because Sinatra had the record back then but of, of uh, having, uh, you know, a hundred recordings or something like that. So, but definitely an arranger uh, for jazz standards like people pointed what we heard with with um, jazz in, and, and then what we just heard now from the album, uh, Tito's idea and Tito uh, played the Latin jazz ensemble in you know, Spain, uh, Chick Corea uh, composition and arranged, um, you know, in in, in Latin jazz, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, Equinox, uh, you know, Giant Steps. You know, uh, when we listened to uh, Asian moon there was a, a flautist, but that wasn't a flute. That was a seashell played by a gentleman named Steve Turi, who's a trombonist on the. Um, um, Saturday, um, on Saturday Night Live, he's been a mm-hmm. the for Saturday Night Live, for, I don't know, maybe even, since certainly twenty, thirty years now. And and oh, he plays a, a seashell. His seashell. seashell—that's like, I not mean, going to sound like a flute,
1: right? Yeah.
3: Or, or, or or muted trombone. Uh, he, he was, you know, he was playing a seashell, which is an incredible thing, and. So what I'm saying is that people was always on the lookout for, for talent, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to leave out some of the other singers he had, you know, uh, during during the time I knew him. And uh, one of them was a, a woman by the name of Yolanda Duke. Uh, the other uh, other lady uh, was a, a lady by the name of Millie P. And um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Frankie Bigore, who boxer but uh, it's a singer and when he used to sing he used to <laughs> he used to make believe like he was boxing it was an incredible show uh and his last vocalist was a gentleman but was a great singer today his name is Frankie Morales so uh you know kudos to that to those uh, gentlemen and those ladies who worked with Tito uh during their careers and uh, they added to to the music that we're listening today
2: well, he did leave a le- a legacy, a legend, a legacy, as as I could say. So I mean, he was a humanitarian as well. You know, he had a
3: he had a fund. I don't know what happened to him, but he used to give money to the Juilliard School of Music. Uh, he had a scholarship fund. Uh, I, you know, I was just told recently that uh, that Puerto Rico is going to celebrate uh, Tito Puente's legacy. Uh, you know, and there's going to be a lot of Events in Puerto Rico and uh, a lot of great things happening this year, uh, the year of his birth, uh, 1923. And um, I just heard about it tonight, so I'll, I'll be giving you information on that periodically. But yes, yeah, so Puerto Rico is uh, the government of Puerto Rico is going to celebrate the legacy. The yeah, I see night. that
2: they uh, named one of the post offices after him.
3: Post office, they have a a, a small amphitheater named yeah. after him, and talked, there's a school named after him. You know, okay. there's things a street named after him. You know, we were after a stamp to be you uh, and pressed uh, with his image. Uh, I don't know where that that's out but you know that had that was going on for years. Um, but definitely 23 years after his passing, uh, you know, he deserves to have that as well. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm here tonight. Uh, you know, being very uh, appreciative of your time uh, to allow me to, uh, to curate the show with the music of the late, great Tito Puente. Um, I want to give a shout out to some some listeners in New Jersey, to Brenda and to Eddie and Joanna and Elizabeth who are out there in, in New Jersey listening to us and uh, a lot of friends out there that, that also tune in and I want to uh, tell them thanks for, for tuning in and, and joining us on this special episode of uh, the tribute to the king, you the Latin uh, music, the late great Tito Puente. May he rest in peace.
2: Hey, New Jersey, thanks for listening. Okay, I'm ready to get back on Tito Puente's train here. We got to ride this this musical train we We're listening to Keto Pintas with Eddie Rodriguez. And Eddie, I see why his music is uh, upbeat and dancing because I was reading that he originally wanted to be a dancer with his sister. And no, uh, that was a tragic uh, story about his sister. You know,
3: um, he he's, uh mentioned he mentioned that to me once. uh, uh, his sister had an accident she you know all the fire escape in in New york City um, and that was what I understood happened and she passed and um that was that was something that um uh, uh, you know was very sentimental you know mm-hmm. he, he didn't talk about it much you know but uh um you know what a great great human being you know because um he kept her in her in her heart he kept her in his heart um, and I know I know that because he, <clears throat> when he used to mention about anything about his sister he used to go to a church in Hollywood uh, to light a candle and um, that was kind of uh, his his um, his routine whenever he got to Hollywood so I took him to this church on Hollywood Boulevard um, quite a few times whenever he when I was with him in L.A., so uh, he was very spiritual, you know, Tito Puente. Uh, you know, he had a a lot of respect for you know the, the teachings of the Afro-Cuban, uh, Afro-Caribbean, you know, the roots of his music, and a lot of it was related to the Yoruba tribe from uh, from um, Africa. Mm-hmm. So you hear
2: very uh, pardon me. I say you could
3: hear it in the music, right? And you know he was uh, he was part of that whole entire movement of of musicians, especially percussionists who who were very much in touch with the drum and and the spirit of the drum and the uh, the, the power how powerful a drum can be and how it could entertain and how it could. Uh, you know, be something that uh, is uh, is is part of our, our, our frequency, so to speak, and um, it touches a button in our in our spirits. It's it's an enjoyable button um, if if you love music, and, and if you're into
1: you know
3: drums and and frequencies and and, and um, geniuses and, and work, so to speak, and was one of them. Did yep. I lose you? Yep. Can you? Yeah, I, lost. Okay. I can hear you We he hear you. We're coming live from Puerto Rico, Arroyo, the town where Samuel Morse uh, tested his telegraph back in the 1850s and uh, was able to say it works. Uh, okay. He had a daughter who lived in this town, uh, and he came by ship, obviously, to, to visit her. And while he was here, uh, this is the town I'm in right now. Um, he decided to test his telegraph, and he tested it from a refinery to the, to the, to the dock where they used to uh, you know, put the uh, sacks of, sugars, of sugar on the boats to take out to the ships, the clippers that were waiting off, off on the shore. And so uh, they, the legend goes they thought he was crazy, but um, the telegraph, the granddaddy of all mass communication, I was tested uh, in this town, Arroyo, Puerto Rico, and and no one gives this town any credit. Uh, but um, there's something here, the, the electromagnetic waves, the radio waves, everything here, the Caribbean, um, you know, that, that, that works toward creativity and, and, and a mind like a, like a Samuel Morse uh, walked on these streets. And uh, I'm very fortunate to come from a place that the granddaddy of of mass communication and telecommunications and digital communications, what it is today, Samuel
1: Morse,
2: uh tested his device here. And and I heard you put the regal. And, and and, you know, again, I'm looking at his numbers, and I looked at his numbers of his birth, uh, and his numbers add up to a three, his uh, April the 20th, uh, the year that he was born in, 1923, it adds up to a three, and that and that is deal with communication. So he really was on his life path. I mean, he really communicated with the masses of people through his music.
3: Absolutely. Um, Tito toured the world more than once, the planet. Um, he was loved everywhere he went. You know, I mean, um, he had strategies. He was also, you know, he thought about how he was going to do it. Uh, I remember uh, his men or his musicians were the best paid musicians in the industry. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to get with Tito Puente because he paid the musicians well.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, he he had, you know, he was a road warrior. I mean, he hit the road to, to reach his fans. And um, he opened up the door. There's so many people. His son is working today, Tito Puente Jr., playing the music of his father. And so doors open up for the music of Tito Puente. People still today want to hear the music of the master, of the maestro, mm-hmm. the great king of Latin music, Tito Puente. Mm-hmm. And he rests in there's a lot of music. We have some interviews coming up, and I want to thank you once again, Beverly, for inviting me to your show and... Uh, we're going to do a few more shows. Uh, April and May where the Mars because of his birth and then his transition in May uh, to uh, honor um, the music, the man, and um, the creative genius of the late Greg Pico like Puente.
2: All righty, and thank you so much uh, for bringing uh, this music to our attention. And I appreciate you and better love and look forward to next week. Thursday at the same time and enjoy that that beautiful weather in uh, Puerto Rico I sure will
3: thank you so much Beverly
4: better love
2: better love
6: Tambales. This is the instrument that I play. My parents came from Puerto Rico naturally, and uh, they lived in Brooklyn. Most of the Puerto Ricans that came at that time. In the in the 20s, you know, and all that, they they came by Brooklyn. It Took them five days to get here <laughs> on the boat, and uh, but eventually, anyway, they extended themselves all over New York. But my parents moved to New York City, Manhattan. because called El Barrio. That was the neighborhood where most of the Puerto Rican people lived there. I, I gained my experience because musicians uh, have to gain their experience playing out in the street. It's very important. You can study in a university, a conservatory of music, a music school, whatever. You learn how to read music naturally and all that. But then, for you to pay your dues, really, get out there and learn, you have to really go into jam sessions and things like that. And I grew up with that type of training, and that was very important, exposed to that kind of music, either jazz or Latin, right in the neighborhood. So that's what helped me a lot uh, for my future, naturally. Then I worked with the Jose Corbello Orchestra. It was a very famous Cuban pianist here in New York. Had a wonderful band. And then I played with Pupi Campo, who was a very big name here. And these bands, I was at like the steady drummer all the time. Of course, before the war years, the main band, my mentor, which I really got into, was the Machito Orchestra. Now Machito Orchestra was the most advanced. Uh, I would call a Latin jazz now, but at the time we didn't we didn't use that name. But it was a big band, actually, uh, under the direction of his brother-in-law, Mario Bowser, who was an excellent uh, jazz musician, arranger, saxophone trumpet player, played with Cap Calloway's band for years, Chick Webb, all these big jazz orchestras, and uh, he was the leader of the Machito Orchestra, and he was one of my mentors. Taught me a lot about playing, performing, uh, rehearsing bands, because I worked with Machito for quite a few years, I must have been about 13 or 14 years old. I was already playing with Machito. And by, the, by the time I was 16, then the war came around and I, I was drafted to the war Service, and that's when I left the Machito Orchestra. Now today it's all over the world, and Actually, The recognition of uh, uh, Latin music has big. I've been 14 times in Japan already. Australia, and all over Europe, so our music is really get, getting exposure today because people love it. We have no bilingual problems anymore. People love our rhythms, and that's what they dance to. The percussion, the rhythm, they don't dance to a flute player or violin player, they dance to the conga drum, the bongo drum, the well, the, the timbales, you know, that, that's what people really dance to. So that's why the music is becoming very, very, very popular and exciting. kind of beginning I was involved there too so I was learning at the same time there about my instruments how to play it and I was more or less a role model to the other young guys that were coming up along see and uh, my role model was a natural Montesino the man with that with the happy boys because he was a typical player he taught me a lot of the Cuban way of playing a dance song real typical rhythms and through that experience and playing out in the streets and studying that's how I developed my own style of playing tamales which then throughout the years later I developed more and more and I did percussion albums and the young people really into percussion and that's where I am today. my recording career, I started with a company, Chico Records. They were very popular at the time and uh, they were into the music, the real good mumble music that we used to play. And uh, the president, George Goldner, loved that music and he was a good dancer too. And he used to hang out around with us a lot at the Palladium Ballroom. And he um, was really into the music. He loved it. He used to take off and loved it. So he was the man responsible really for starting off my career rec- recording-wise. Of course, Santana was a very important part of my life too because he recorded one of my tunes and he gave me credit as a composer too which is Oye Como Va and it's an internationally known tune all over the world in different languages and all that. Everybody's played that tune and if you don't play that tune in your repertoire that means you're not into nothing. And and Santana... He just got a Lifetime Achievement Award in Washington, D.C., at the caucus, and uh, he played Oye oh, Kumawa with us. It was indeed a thrill for me, and I thanked him so much because every time he plays Oye oh, Kumawa, I get a royalty check.
5: Welcome to the show, the one and only Tito Puente.
6: uh 105 at the end of the month now that's amazing
5: thank you yes yeah, that's incredible 105 albums now when that's done do you have plans to something to do after that is just one, no, 106
6: no, or no, my no my biggest project after that is uh, to become the first latin american band uh, to play on the moon and leave my there. <laughs>
5: really <laughs> sure uh, have you discussed uh, that, uh, this with nasa uh, have no, plans? But, but with dick clark who's coming down with the ball from the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. if you see him, say hi. Sure. Yeah, Nobody that's amazing. Well, yeah. let's look into that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Now, I, I hear that sometimes when you play in concert, occasionally Bill Cosby's a big fan.
6: Oh, yeah. And he likes oh, to
5: jump up on stage oh, yes. and play along. What does he actually play?
6: Well, he usually calls up and... Uh Sends a message to me. Tell Kito, his favorite (laughs) cowbell player, will be there this evening.
5: Uh huh. So he comes up and he plays the cowbell with us. He plays the cow. Is he actually a good cowbell player?
6: Uh, No. Let's put it this way. I'm immune to his cowbell playing.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You've built up a resistance. (laughs) All right. right. Yeah. Very difficult. Now you actually sometimes you play bar mitzvahs. Is that true? Oh, a lot of them. I've been doing that for 40 years. Uh huh.
6: Sure. I got a big big following in the bar mitzvahs. (laughs)
5: <laughs> the cha-chas and all the meringue's
6: and the mambos and uh-huh. everything, sure. You enjoy that? Oh, yes, I love it very much because uh, uh, for not being non-Latins, they love our uh, Latin American rhythms. Like I go a lot to Japan, mm-hmm. uh, I go Asia, you Asia, know, Bangkok, Singapore, mm-hmm. all over Europe. It's something different. Yeah, oh, yes, they love it. They love our Latin American rhythms and that's what we're trying to uh, bring our music to. Get recognition throughout the whole world mm-hmm. and good music.
5: Yeah, well, it really is fantastic. I Thank was admiring you. while you were playing. Your uh, they're called timbales, yes, I guess. Timbales. Yeah, they're right. very colorful. They're very. Uh, yes,
6: I just had them uh, painted that way. Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: but uh, oh, there they are. Uh, yeah, maybe they're I'll, beautiful. Those are well, the psychedelic. Those are the ones I'm going to leave on the moon. Right there. <laughs> 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 to show other aliens. Yeah, yes, exactly but, what we're up to. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to make sure I, I mention uh, uh, before we go that they just added a Latin jazz category yes, of to the Grammys? Is that right? Uh, that's true. Thanks
6: to my brother there, uh, Eddie Palmieri. Mm-hmm. Who he uh, was on the Board of Governance and he did a lot of talking there and in order to shut his mouth, they gave us the category. Finally, you know. And so this is, this is good news to you, right? Aren't you, are you up for something then? Uh, probably another Latin jazz album, but I, I've, I've already won five uh, Grammy Awards and Nine
5: nominations of my career. That's amazing. When you have, when you have 105 albums, how do you just flip through them? I mean, that's just an incredible body of work. Yes, but I, I don't own them. You know, I don't even <laughs> have them. <laughs> All my friends have. Yeah. So the King, is expensive. The Mumble yeah.
6: King's movie, of course, helped a lot to uh-huh. get the recognition, of course, too. Also. Well, that's that fantastic.
5: Well, it was, it was a real, uh, real pleasure to thank have you come in and, you for having and me on play the show. here. Thanks very much for thank doing you for it. Me. Peter Fuente everybody. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. We'll be right back. Let's Quick break, we'll see you in a second. Bye-bye.